This podcast is brought to you by Rehoy and Son, big supporters of local sport. Hello and welcome to the Guernsey Press Football Podcast. Our thanks as ever to Rehoy and Son for their support of the show. Coming up, we'll look back at a difficult weekend of interinsular football for Guernsey. There was defeat for our under-15s in the Star Trophy at Foots Lane, while the under-21s were comprehensively dismantled at Springfield. A full interview with their manager, Martin Degari, to come. He says something needs to change. Representing your island, you know, it's... It's got to be, it's something special that's up there. You know, I'm, I'm proud to do it as a coach. So, you know, I'm sure the players are proud to do it as well. But can we make things better? And this is where we've got to sit down and put a plan in to just try and take Guernsey football forward. We'll also hear more this week from Chris Tardiff about the project underway at Rangers. A year into his role, he's feeling positive. There's been a lot of things that have been happening behind the scenes. Uh, Joe Public wouldn't have seen some of the players see some of it, but not all of it. But yeah, absolutely. At this point today, I would say we're 95% of where I wanted to be. So yeah, really, really happy with the way things are going. More from Chris Tardiff to come. Plus, we'll look ahead to the visit of the league leaders to Guernsey FC this weekend, as well as rounding up the rest of the local football. I'm Tony Kurt. With me, as ever, is Guernsey Press sports editor, Gareth Prevo. Hi, Tony. Great to see you, Gareth. Plenty to get into this week. Um, let's start with the interinsular football, as much as we would like to begin on a more positive note. Thankfully, Newcastle won uh, quite handsomely yesterday, which took the edge off the weekend's results. And it was another great weekend because Everton couldn't lose. <laughs> they weren't playing, which always helps <laughs> <laughs> yeah you've had a stay of execution there um yeah jersey's young teams um won both of sunday's age group clashes it finished two nil in the star trophy goals either side of half time for the visitors at foots lane while in jersey the hosts were four nil up at one stage of the ambassador bowl match at springfield before a slight green fight back saw it finish four two with both sides reduced to 10 men um you're watching gareth the stream provided by sportscast jersey um great coverage um from then this weekend but it didn't make easy viewing did it from this side of the water what did you make of what you saw no i think i think you sort of summed it up quite well there Tony. the fact that the this final scoreline was 4-2 I think actually flattered Guernsey to be honest it, Jersey were better than two goals uh, ahead of us in that game I mean the fact that they were 4-0 up after 80 minutes I think told more of the story than than the final 4-2 scoreline um, Jersey typically at almost any age group level they they looked bigger they looked stronger um, but they just they were a more cohesive unit you could tell that they sort of played together as a group more um, they um, they dominated the ball they they kept hold of the ball far better than we did um, for long spells and, and they were very clinical in taking their chances it was as simple as that I mean Guernsey to be fair to them to actually get a couple of goals at the end showed the sort of character and fight they had I thought Brandon Wallace was one of the best players on the pitch um, despite sort of he was being on the losing side um, but yeah it, it was um, a thoroughly deserved win for Jersey and, and like I say I, I don't think a four goal victory would have flattered them to be honest yeah I've watched the goals back I mean if you were to be sort of optimistic you said they were relatively soft goals um, from a Guernsey perspective sort of half clearances that, that kind of fell to players whatever I mean 
there was a good chance for Seb Vance, wasn't there, at 2-0. Um, if that goes in, uh, when it doesn't, and Jersey go down the other end and score straight away, maybe it's a different game. Yes, you, you could. Uh, to be fair, as he was sort of lining up that shot, it's almost flash through your mind. If you if you halve the deficit with still, I mean, I think that was in the 53rd minute of the game. I mean, 2-0 down at half-time, you're, you're not totally out of the game, even though um, we'd been pretty much out overwhelmed by that point. Um, if that had found the back of the net, um, you never know. But, you know, literally within 20 seconds of that shot being blocked, um, Jersey were up the other end and uh, Luke Coutange it was who killed in a, a beauty into the top corner. And so some, from being the chance of being one goal behind, you're three goal behind within a few seconds. And that really was the killer blow. I mean, after that, for the next sort of 20 odd minutes or so, you'd never even have thought Guernsey would get within two goals, to be honest. It does show that they, they, they didn't lack for spirit, the Guernsey boys. And But, you know, they're, they're trying to put together a, a team performance when they, they basically haven't played together as a team all season. So it, it was difficult for them. I think they, they they were sort of like, they went there as definite underdogs and it just showed in, in the overall performance of both sides, to be honest. Yeah, and when you say, um, you know, about Jersey being look in the more organized side obviously if you play with some organization and you have that kind of understanding you know your players are going to look, are going to look better aren't they individually as well and you know there were some standout performances on the jersey side daryl mavalo got the first goal yeah i mean he had a big say in the in the intrinsic games last year and and, and looked very good on the day as well i thought toby ritzema um, every time i see him play in intrinsic football he looks so hungry for it mm. and he's he's um yeah, he scored at Foots Lane just before the pandemic in that under-18s game. I think he scored two. Looked good that day. And, and from then to now, he just looks a big presence in that side yeah, and, yeah. and was absolutely pumped for it. Yeah, he had a very good game. And um, yeah, he actually took the man of the match trophy in the end. Uh, yeah, and Daryl Mavalo was really impressive again. He always, he always sort of stands out to me. He's, he's He's a very strong lad, but he's he's got a really good touch and he's got a good awareness about him. But yeah, generally, I thought Jersey just certainly in that first half they look very impressive. Um, yeah, they they uh, like you say the goals might look sort of perhaps scrappy and perhaps avoidable, but for much of that first half, Guernsey were on the back foot and they were sort of always on the retreat. It seemed to me they sort of, we couldn't hold on to the ball, which sort of caused us a lot of problems. Uh, half time, I think, came at a good time for Guernsey, and yeah, if if they'd have managed to score that goal sort of eight minutes into the second half and um, not conceded sort of a few seconds later, it could have been a very different story. But obviously, that's not how it turned out. And uh, yeah, to be four goals down in the Marathi sort of after eighty minutes, it, it sort of shows who the better side was quite comfortably. Yeah, and it's fair to say Jersey's manager James Scott was pretty bullish after the game, speaking to the JP. Um, he talked about a gulf in class between the sides. He said, I don't think it was a 4-2 type of game. We dominated from the outset and were very comfortable throughout. We have very technically strong, gifted players in our squad and they all stepped up in a big way in the biggest fixture against Guernsey. The future is very bright, um, he said. Well, let's hear what the Guernsey under-21 manager, Martin Degare, made of it. Um, he joined us a little earlier on in our studio um, and was pretty open and honest about where Guernsey football finds itself. Diggs, thanks so much for coming in. You've had uh, a night to sleep on the result yesterday. Um, just talk us through your reflections on the game. Reflections on the game was... Um, it, it, it was a really difficult afternoon, um, in fairness. You know, Jersey were physically stronger, quicker than us. You know, we, we struggled to get a uh, foothold in the game. Um, we... From memory serves you right, we had one good chance where Owen Woolbridge found himself unmarked in the box and the keeper saved it. Uh, apart from that, first half was, you know, 
were defending really for our lives, really. And um, going into the second half, you know, we, we conceded a couple of goals. Maybe we could have done better, better um, defending. But, you know, they were just physically stronger stronger than us and we struggled to get a foothold, like I said before. And um, the, the, the game swung a little bit. Was the jersey taking their foot off the pedal? Was it us changing things up a little bit? The, the, the sending off happened. Then, um, you know, we started putting balls into their box and causing a bit of a bit of mayhem sort of thing. And uh, we had one shot blocked early on. Then it was scrambled. They went away and scored. Then... We um, which we just kept kept going, kept going, kept going. Brandon kept going, getting on the ball and making things happen for us. Which you, you know, I thought he played really well. And he was a constant fall in their side with his movement and his trickery. And um, you know, the, we got a lad sent off as well, so it took us back a bit. But we already scored by then. You know, um, another bouncing ball in the box, and we converted that. Um, then the, the keeper dropped one under little, little pressure and we pounced on that and scored. That would have made it 4-3. Then, you know, that momentum again was was going our way and, you know, suddenly we just run out of time and disappointing, really. Yeah, is it disappointing yeah. that you couldn't kind of force the game a bit more earlier on? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I thought, we, we, you know, our preparations were, were good and I thought we could have, the players we had attacking-wise, maybe we could have gone a bit better, but... Yeah, at the day it's Marathi football and you know it's about getting the ball forward as quick as possible which Jersey did and, and got their rewards for it Did you feel in the first half your lads were um, they were perhaps a bit not caught out by the occasion but the occasion were they, were they sort of like a touch of nerves in that first half certainly watching on the live stream Jersey came out of the blocks really quickly and like you say yeah. you were on the back foot pretty quickly as well Yeah um, I think there is a bit of nervousness there, um, you know, playing at Springfield, a good sized crowd, mm-hmm. you know, against a good Jersey side, you know, and yeah, we just, we, we struggled, you know, to get passes together, really, you know, we kept getting the ball away as well, you know, which was a bit criminal, really, and, you know, you give a ball away against a good side, they're going to hurt you, mm-hmm. um, you know, but overall, I'm really proud of what the players did just these their character to come back as well, mm. you know, and and led by by Brandon and Co, you know, pushing all the time trying to get a, a result out of the game. Mm. And um just I mean, like you say, being the Marathi it's a one off game, you know, you don't want to be two 0 down at half time, but did you still I mean, to be, you're not out of the game at two 0 are you? No, um, you know, we we took a lot of belief out of what the under eighteens did, mm. you know. Um you know, and I said to him at half time, you know, you just got to believe and get out there and, and try and turn this result around. You know, I said, you can do it. We got we got the talent to do it. You know, let's have a good go at it. Yeah, it's perhaps unfortunate yeah. that there was the, you know, fairly good chance at, at their end. Yeah. And they go straight down the other end. Yeah, and, and, and make it 3, three nil. Nil, yeah. 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 It was a real sucker punch, punch, that wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, it was, yeah. Sort of watching that on the live stream, the ball, I think it's Seb Vance that so, he fell to. Yeah. He, he hit his volley well and yeah. he hit one of their guys. He hit one of ours. He hit, oh, Archie, hit one of ours? Yeah, Archie Drillo, and it was going in. Yeah. And Archie, you know, Archie hit him, unfortunately, and mm. bounced out, got cleared. 
and they, to be yeah. fair, they counterattack nicely. And yeah, within a couple of passes. Yeah, they're um, they're the, in, they're the lad Kutoj, you know, he took a, his goal well. You know, yeah. it was a good, a good strike. So yeah, pick of the goals on the day yeah. for sure. Yeah, I mean, reading um, James Scott, your opposite numbers comments after the game, he described a golfing class between the sides. Do you recognise that? Um, yeah, I think so. You know, um, Jersey of. You know, their production line keeps on turning out, not just one or two, it's, you know, 11 players at a time, mm. you know, and they're getting stronger and stronger and stronger, you know, and we've got to try and match that, you know, you try and keep, well, try to get there, you know, and, and you know, turn out our players as well. You know, I think two, two of our players play for GFC. I know there's a few on the, in go training and so on, but, well, all their squad have been involved with the Jersey Bulls first team over the season um, in their under-23s and in their under-18s playing games on the mainland. You know, so we need to um, sit down and and think, how can we give these boys more games, challenging games? Do you think that's something that needs to be done sooner rather than later? Because we, you know, after obviously the red wash last year at, at Marathi, well, at all Marathi levels, um, you know, there was a lot of conversation about preparation and and about how to get the best out of our our, our players in these occasions. Um, mm. But it's sort of, do you, do you feel like we can afford to wait another year and, and see the results again, or, or something got to change sooner than that? I think this should have been done about fifteen years ago. Uh, really, you know, um, we we started off playing in the, um, the southwest counties, and that, and that was good, challenging football for our youngsters then, 16s and 18s. And you look at our Marathi results then, you know, going forward, that's because that, what that was built up for those games. Um, you know, we did we had a period where we done really well, um, but you know, we've taken our foot off the pedal, I think, in my opinion, and we sort of gone backwards, I think. My just watching that first quarter of an hour or so, sort of yesterday. My initial impression: the first thing I thought was, there's a team in red there who've played together a lot, and you could tell they were a cohesive yeah. unit. And I was looking at the Guernsey team, thinking they're trying to find their way in their big game, you know, yeah. because they basically, I mean, training is great, but you can only do so much of that. But you you sort of need to be playing competitively to get that cohesion, don't you? Yeah. The under-21s have got uh, one game preparation, I think it was in September mm. or, or maybe October, crib this week. Mm. And, um, you know, that's not that's not good enough. So then you get together again in February. Mm. Then you're going to try and get your players in, in into training, but they got games, they got, you know, you they got training for their clubs mm. and so on. So, you know, it's, it's, it's hard. It's hard to manage. Um, you know, in an ideal world, I'd like to have everyone there maybe once, twice a week. Yeah. And, and you know, some competitive games on the Saturday mm. leading up to a Marathi sort of thing. But not just to stop at the Marathi, but, you know, other games going forward and just getting the lads together mm. um, after the Marathi and that. And, you know, you know they, they need a programme. Yeah. And that's it. Mm. Really, bottom line. Not just the under-21s, the under-18s, under-16s, under-15s. Everyone needs a programme of good of good games. Yeah, I was going to say, because last year, the under-18s, a lot of the, the under-18s from last year were part of your squad this year, but they seem to build that momentum through their Stranger Cup yeah, um, yeah. programme. Um, perhaps that's not the ideal scenario for them, but at least they had those yeah, games. Yeah, uh, they are competitive games, Yeah, mm -hmm. you know. Um, 
you know, okay, the results weren't the best in the world, mm. you know, by the competitive games, the whole, all the squad was used. So the, the coaches, we knew what what the players could do mm. because it was a bit of a, a little bit of an unknown, especially for me because I, I was there with the Stranger Cup um, squads at the time. And, you know, we seen everyone play and, you know, and I think it made a good stead for their result sort of thing. They're coming together on the Marathi Day to fight, you know, to fight out the, to get their result. I suppose it's always easy to, to look at Jersey and think that the, sort of the grass is greener and they're clearly getting a lot right at the moment. Yeah. Um, you know, sort of anecdotally, you, you see some comments online to suggest that, you know, there is it's not quite settled into a, a situation that satisfies everyone in, yeah. in Jersey football by, by the looks of it, but certainly they're, they're, they're doing well at, um, at Marathi level. I mean, if we've got to have a conversation across Guernsey football now to try and work out exactly how to map out a season and how to get the best for, for Guernsey FC, for the local clubs, for the age group sides. Yeah, I totally agree. Everyone's got to come together. You know, everyone's going to come together and sort make, just make things better. You know, it's, and it's probably down to money as well. So we need better facilities uh, for coaching. You know, it's just better all the way, better all the way around. You know, um, everyone needs to sit down and, and talk and thrash things out and think about the bigger picture. I think. Do you have confidence that that'll happen? No, <laughs> no. Uh, because you know and I'm guilty of it we're all looking after our own little bits you know and not looking at the bigger picture but you know I think we we've got to and what know. about yeah what about your own coaching kind of future do you, do you see yourself involved in this age group next year as well oh I'd like to um to carry on um yeah so it gives me my football fix you know it's just a few few months but hopefully it'll be longer next season um yeah, so hopefully I'd like to carry on and challenge myself and hopefully get revenge. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, is there something that you, uh, yeah, assuming then that you're, you're, you're tasked with this side next year in this squad, I mean, where, how will you look to try and move things forward? I mean, can you, can you try and implement that sort of games programme that you want? Yeah, you can only ask the question, you know, um, can, can we make things better than it was? And this season you know and then the following season make things better and better and just try and progress you know that that's all you can do like you know just make things better for the players make it a good environment to, to be coached in to play in you know make them feel a bit of part of something special hopefully <laughs> yeah I mean that that's an interesting comment I mean do, do, do you feel like at the moment the players don't feel like there's a there's a structure to be part of and, and something to be proud of. Um, I think they're proud, you know, and I think that they like representing the shirt and all that. But you know, I think things could be so much better. You know, um, I don't want to go into detail, but it just, just can be. You know, things a lot a lot better. You know, re re representing your island. You know, it's it's got to be it's something special that's up there. You know, I'm I'm proud to do it as a coach so you know I'm sure the players are proud to do it as well but can we make things better and this is where we've got to sit down and put a plan in to just try and take Guernsey football forward 
Martin Degari speaking to us a little earlier on. Um, Gareth, what did you make of, of what you had to say? Um, I, I think it's it's a very honest assessment from Digger, and um, you can't really disagree with anything he has to say there. To be honest, I mean, we do have f- very good footballers on Guernsey. We, technically, they're very good, um, but yeah, like like I sort of said to him, you can training only gets you so far. You you have to be playing competitive games as a unit to to be able to compete um, against. So in in this instance, a Jersey under twenty one side who showed how good they were. Um, so yeah, it, it's very difficult. Like like Digger also said, so everyone's got their own little aspect they want to look after. Clubs want to look after themselves in that regard, and everyone's um, looking at their little aspect. But it'd be it'd be great if uh, the powers that be in Guernsey football, sort of from clubs, from the GFA, from the football league management, just could get together and sort out some sort of program which had representative games. Uh, more often, certainly at age group level. I mean, obviously, GFC is it makes it a bit tougher for perhaps the seniors to have a games program. I mean, our, our top players, if you want to call them the the Green Lions, that they get regular football, obviously. But um, yeah, groups like the under 18s and the under 21s would benefit from playing together more often, obviously. And um, I know that can be very costly. There's obviously um, various aspects that go into that, but it would just be great, certainly for an under-21 squad. You know, they're coming out of junior football um, to make to help them step up and make that progress into senior football. If they could play more often, you know, have a have four games before they play the Ambassador Bowl, that would help them. I mean, they play um, in the Carib this weekend and that's it. You know, it's uh, it's not um, going to bear much fruit if that's the way they go for, for the next God knows how many years. Yeah, and that's the thing, isn't it? I mean, clearly these games are very... Imp- I mean, you know, they're not the be-all and end-all, obviously, but they are very important mm. in their own right. And you look at the number of people that turned out to watch the under-18s and enjoyed that day and how much that meant to those players to win on the day. I mean, those those guys will be talking about that match for the rest of their lives. Um, you look at the Star Trophy at Foots Lane for an under-15 game. There must have been... 200 kids behind the goal and 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 you know hundreds more in the stand you know these are these are occasions that really that really matter to people and you just think what you know why wouldn't you want those teams to be in the best possible shape and that's not saying they need to be training six times a week for two years no. it, it, it's just you know when you ask yourself have we given them the best chance of of doing well on the day and you know it'd be interesting to know what the honest answer is so just want to compare uh, with another sport that obviously we know very well in cricket you look at what jersey are doing in cricket at the moment you know they're playing odis um, one day internationals um absolutely excelling they are miles ahead of us um in, in terms of cricket coming from a few years ago where the islands were pretty comparable in fact guernsey were were, were ahead and it you know obviously that's down to the hard work of uh, individuals and and you know and clearly some very talented individuals mm. as well but it's also isn't it it's an organization it's a structure that has produced that success mm. over the long period of time you look at um Guernsey and Jersey football you know it's not going very well for the Bulls at the moment but clearly they've got ambitions there to to go a lot further and they're putting the building blocks in place mm. with their age group teams you do wonder you know we're already well behind in these age group fixes you know looking at the stats you know, Jersey have won the last five star trophies. They've won the last four under 16s. Um, they've won the last two under 21s. Of course, okay, the under 18s went our way this year. And of course, they've won five of the last six Marathi vases. I mean, it is, it, it, it's, a, it's a landslide at the moment. And you just, you do worry if we don't get our house in order in terms of the organization and structure, where will the two islands find themselves in, in 10 years on the football pitch? You know, it might be 
an irretrievable gap by then. Yeah, it's a bit of a it's a bit of a cliche, isn't it, really? But um, you sort of look at Moratti's as one-off games, and yet you read out a stat like or stats like that, and you think, well, yeah, one-offs for the last half dozen years or so, and sort of like, yeah, we need to start halting this slide, really, because it, it does seem to be a slide and a trend that's heading in the wrong direction, as far as we're concerned. Um, we we're always going to be seen as slight underdogs to Jersey, obviously with the population and everything like that. But um, yeah, it. There's, there needs, there has to be some sort of change that's there and a, a, a available for us if we're willing to do it. That actually gives us a better chance of um, perhaps evening up the score a bit. Because uh, yeah, I mean, we, we had a very good under twenty one record. I think we still actually hold. We've we've won it more often than Jersey. I think over the years, which is which is quite remarkable, really. Um, but certainly, you know, if, if this weekend's anything to go by, we might not be winning it for quite a while again now. Um, Hopefully I'm wrong. I really do hope I'm wrong. And and I think the big aspect, you've you mentioned it before, Tony, the great aspect for any sort of footballer or any sportsman or woman in Guernsey, if you go and beat Jersey, it stays with you for the rest of your life. It's such a big thing. It's a great memory to have. And it would just be nice if we were to have it a bit more often in football at the moment. <laughs> just a word on the Star Trophy. Um, I was down there filming that. Um, we've got a report in Monday's paper. Um, yeah, finished 2-0, um, as I said, at the top to Jersey. Uh, probably no complaints on the day about that result from a home perspective. Um, yeah, they, they definitely deserve to win. I mean, again, you know, you always talk about the story of games that in the sort of margins, you know, Jesse had a, a good opening chance, but then actually in the first half, on balance of play, Guernsey were looking the better side, were were kind of in control of the match and then conceded and then conceded within sort of 60 or 90 seconds um, of the restart in the second half. And and from then, you know, you're kind of, you're chasing the game, aren't you? So um, very difficult to come back from that stage. So uh, in the end, they didn't generate many clear-cut opportunities. There are a couple of Hollywood saves from um, uh, the two keepers that featured for Guernsey. In fact, both sides made substitutions to bring their their, their bench keepers on and uh, the, the two Guernsey guys made, uh, made two fantastic fantastic save so um they'll have enjoyed that but uh, yeah in the end not the result that the uh, the big home crowd wanted to see in that one and um yeah so well we we wait now for the the senior Marathi in a few weeks time i know all th- things could look all rosy if we were to win the women's and men's on the same day but you know <laughs> yeah quite and then take island games gold and uh, it'll be a good summer um but yeah we'll wait and see plenty more build up um to those senior Marathis to come here on the guernsey press football podcast next though we'll be talking rangers Welcome back. Now, you might have heard our interview with Chris Tardiff last week. Um, He's also got some questions about the structure of Guernsey football at the moment. You can listen back to that on last week's uh, general sports podcast on this feed, the previous episode. And we also spoke to him, though, about his first season at Rangers. That's what we'll hear now. Um, It was last February that the former Ireland manager took the reins at St Andrews slash the KG5. Um, He took over a side which had finished rock bottom of the Prio the season before with just two wins. This season, they've doubled their points tally already with three games to play. And they've also had an FA Cup semi-final to enjoy. As I say, Gareth and I caught up with him to find out what he's made of his first season and what he sees as the next steps. There's a lot of things that are hidden uh, and you can't quite see in the results so far this season. Absolutely, results are, are much better than what they have been. Um, we've doubled the points we got from last season. So things on the pitch are moving in the right direction at 100%. But there's a lot more things that have happened in the club. Uh, the biggest thing was we wanted to set a culture this year, a way of doing things, an ethos. Mm-hmm. So we almost reset the club from a Puyo standard and said, this is what we're about. This is how we're going to do it. You either like it that way, or if you liked it the old way, then 
really sorry, but it's not for you. We want to progress this club now. And, and this is the way we feel is right to go and do it. So there's been a lot of things that have been happening behind the scenes. Uh, Joe Public wouldn't have seen some of the players see some of it, but not all of it. But yeah, absolutely. Right at this point today, I would say we're 95% of where I wanted to be. So yeah, really, really happy with the way things are going. Sounds like a pretty good return. Yeah. I mean, what would have been the sort of high points for you on the pitch this season? Obviously, we've um, brought for a, a lot of youngsters this year uh, and that's been great. But also we try to play in two or three different ways sometimes and they've really understood that and they've really got that. Um, and on the flip side of the youngsters, uh, a couple of the older guys, because um, we have a, a vast range of ages in our, in our squad. <laughs> so you, you go from the sublime to the ridiculous in the sense that you have the a couple of 16-year-olds have played for us this season. And then we go back to sort of um, your Joe Clatworthy's, your Shane Billions, your, your Matt Solways. And Matt's the same age as me. I went to school with Matt as a kid. So um, for those guys to have brought in as well, uh, and to be honest, they've shocked me the most, uh, Shane and Matt, in the sense that they've really brought into everything we've asked them to do and more. And they've been sort of a leading light to the youngsters so really impressed by those guys yeah no disrespect to sort of your predecessors Chris but um, are you now getting to the, and you always said it was going to be a long term project and whatever you, you know oh for sure it's a, it's a three to five year project yeah but do you find yourself even now sort of going in against like the Prio League leaders and whatever you into games like that thinking we can definitely compete now and we could potentially cause upsets already uh, absolutely yeah yeah so the last two games against North okay the FA Cup game looks a bit worse than what it actually was. Um, we set up in a certain way that we went, well, actually, potentially if we go out there and we go all guns blazing, they will play around us. Mm -hmm. Fine, so we set up in a completely different way to try and be effective against them. Mm -hmm. Are we playing some of the most prettiest football you've ever seen in your life? Absolutely not, mm -hmm. but we've got a squad and we've got players that we need to set up in a certain way, mm -hmm. especially against the top teams. But like you said, yeah, we're not, we're no longer the whipping boys mm. of the league. And that was a really important thing for me for this season um, to go in there and go, right, there's times and teams we can go and play the way we want to play and be expansive. And and the guys have really taken to that. And there's other times we have to go, right, all right, we're just going to be hard to beat today. Mm. And we've got pace and power up front. And we were good at set pieces for us. So let, let's use our um, attributes in the right way. Yeah. And the fact that you were involved in a, in a FA Cup semi-final must also be a, a nice boon. I know you, you didn't sort of get through to the final this time, but to be that close to sort of, you know, even seeing some silverware must be quite uh, quite nice this early on in your tenure. Yeah, absolutely. And I said to the guys before the game, I said, look, this isn't about me. This isn't about uh, Prev and, uh, and Andy. It's about you guys and how far you've come. Mm -hmm. um, we can say anything till we're blue in the face unless you're prepared to do it and put the hard work in it means nothing mm. so it's you guys that go and do it on the pitch and I think it was just reward for how hard they've worked this season as a, on a whole season and how far they've come as a group um, gutted obviously not to get into the final but um, if you'd asked me at the start of the season actually that was one of my targets to get in a semi-final of a mm. trophy this year so box ticked if you like mm. and Next year we move on and we keep pushing and we keep pushing. This is a this is the first stepping stone, if you like, of a as you say a long term project. And I mean, I don't want you to focus on any other club other than your own, obviously. But can you take something like what Valrec have done in winning the Stranger this season, perhaps against the odds, and almost say to your guys, look, 
those steps can be made quite relatively quickly as well. Yeah, absolutely. I think they're in a slightly different uh, scenario and situation than we are. We brought in potentially one player in terms of Seb Shepard, who unfortunately um, wasn't very well for part of the season. Um, and massive bonus for us this Saturday to have him back playing. Um, whereas they've they had a good squad to start with, if you like, but they've also brought in quite a number of players to add to that. So uh, a little bit easier for them, really, if I'm being completely honest. So uh, to go back to your point, yeah, it is great. And we can show the players, look, it's not just the big two, big three, if you like. Things change and change really quickly in football, as all three of us know, sat around this table. So don't don't be happy with what we have been in the past. Mm. Look forward now. Um, and as we look forward, there is definitely um, a pathway that could be really exciting for everyone involved in the club. I'll say you're probably already um, got one eye on next season and, and how you move things forward. What is the next step? Um, I've already started a couple of pre-season planning sessions um, <laughs> just because I love it um, now I don't have to do the running it's great I can make them run um, there, there's still some um, I want to get involved in a couple more links get the easily link up and running properly try and uh, I'm over there in a couple of weeks uh, I'll speak to them about trying to get a pre-season game arranged Um Yes, do I think we need a couple more players? Absolutely. If we got five or six good standard Prio players, what I'd call them, I, I think we can be absolutely 100% competitive for the title next season. What's the thinking there? And is it an opportunity that perhaps local clubs that haven't really exploited to kind of to, to bring sides over and get involved in, in, in that kind of testing yeah, opposition? Absolutely. Well, look, it, it happens at all levels in Guernsey football. We need to push ourselves a little bit further. Um, I'm fortunate that one of my best friends from football and my son's godfather is manager at Easley. Mm -hmm. So it's easy for me to make the link. It's great. It's a hop on the plane and you're there at the ground. Mm -hmm. They've set up a great academy. Um, Ollie Harrison is there. And, do you know what I mean? So it, mm -hmm. it shows it works. Um, I've been across to watch a couple of first team training sessions. And I think it's important that clubs like Rangers get a link um, try and lean on the big brothers in the UK and, and, and get a little bit back from them um, and they're happy to feed us they're great for me to do some extra sessions with them and learn what the new thinking of football is if you like but also they enjoy it they like coming over here they like playing or they like different clubs to go and play them um, I'm not saying we go and play their first team in pre-season but if we could maybe get an under 19 side over here or us go over there it, it gives us a little uh, feather in our cap it it also helps attract more players because we're trying to be proactive in that way. So it works for everyone in every scenario. Chris Tardiff speaking to us there, Gareth. Um, yeah, I mean, Rangers, I suppose, a bit of positivity there. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and um, I think what will happen over the sort of the coming couple of seasons now, now that they've sort of made that impact um, at Rangers, Chris and his coaching staff and what have you, you'll see people seeing a, a project that's certainly on the move and it's, um, it seems to be um, improving the lot at Rangers. And I think there'll be more people wanting to get involved in it as well. So I think they'll they'll only get stronger. Um, the, over the next couple of seasons for sure yeah not quite in contention for the Prio title just yet uh, or the Upton for that matter and we know uh, 
now from Jersey, there'll be St. Peter representing them. We mentioned that on last week's pod. Um, they were crowned premiership champions for the first time in 17 years. Um, so yeah, it'd be nice to see, uh, that's an old face, but yeah, see a bit of a changing of the guard over there. And another um, relatively new look team um, contest that trophy and uh, yeah, it's bound to be Rovers facing them, isn't it? They face Rangers uh, in their next clash uh, a week on Tuesday um, where they'll be looking to seal the uh, FNB Premier League title. Uh, let's just round up some of the other stuff that's been happening. Um, another big week for Mayor Letizia, Gareth. Um, she's back in the England squad, back with the Lionesses this week um, for a couple of very big games. Uh, England um, face Brazil at sold-out Wembley on Thursday night in the finalissima, finalissima? Um, yeah, finalissima. Uh, as champions of Europe, um, take on Brazil as champions of South America. Um, I saw Millie Bright has been withdrawn from the squad, so yeah, maybe there'll be a, a way in for, for her to, to, to get on the pitch there on Thursday night. Well, I certainly think long-term um, centre-back is where May will make a, um, make a major impact at international level. So, yeah, I mean, the fact that she's now become a regular squad member for the Lionesses at her tender age um, suggests that, that she's backed by the management. So hopefully she gets some decent game time in, in their coming games. Yeah, it'd be awesome to see, wouldn't it? I mean, that's going to be a huge occasion. Sold out Wembley Thursday nights, live on ITV, a 7.45 kickoff. Um, they also play Australia um, uh, next week, Tuesday the 11th at Brentford. Um, that one uh, in aid of the FA's charity partner, the Alzheimer's um, Society. Um, so, yeah, big week for, for Mayor. As for Alex Scott, he, he had a big week with England but came back injured. Um, uh, some sort of tweaked knee ligament uh, injury, but bowel cancer doesn't sound too, too bad. Nigel Pearson um, speaking to BBC Radio Bristol is quoted as saying um, that he's responding well. Can't see him being out too long, maybe a week, maybe 10 days, we'll see. So uh, that's good news. Yeah, fingers crossed that um, he, he's back before, well before the end of the season. I know that the, the Bristol City fans are very disappointed to hear that he'd picked up an injury. So, yeah, um, yeah fingers crossed. It's, it's nothing too bad. I think there'll be well. I think there was a few worries that they might not see him again. <laughs> yeah, I think the, the, some of the uh, social media <laughs> comments were, were well, well. Hopefully, you've enjoyed him because we won't get to see him again. But um, yeah, no. For Bristol City's sake, obviously, we we hope uh, Alex is back fit and firing very soon. He was off with England's under twenties, wasn't he? And um, yeah, they mm. were expecting to play in that World Cup in Indonesia um, in summer, but that's. Yeah. Uh, off the cards for the time being wait and see for a new host well yeah because Indonesia um, the, the Bali Mayo um, refused to sort of entertain the Israeli team for the for the draw for that tournament so um, FIFA have stripped Indonesia of actually hosting the under 21 uh, the under 20 World Cup um, and they still want to hold it at the same in the same time period, so um, they'll have to come up with a new host very quickly. Um, I, I almost hope that it's somewhere very local. We can perhaps go nip over and watch Alex. Definitely. Play. Well, wouldn't it be cool? I mean, maybe England or France would do. That will do. Guernsey, <laughs> <laughs> have we got enough pictures to host a, an under-20 World Cup? Um, we might be able to put one or two together, maybe a Channel Islands sort of group stage or something. Yeah, could be done. Um, stay with international football. Um, quick word about what happened at the KG five uh, this weekend Guernsey's over 70s taking on England's over 75s did you put your head into that one Cam? didn't see any of that one unfortunately but um, I do believe we, we had a draw out of that didn't we I think it was one all and um, the England keeper made a, a very good penalty save or during um, the second half to, to um, prevent us from actually winning that game it would have been quite a scalp for the Guernsey over 70s to take 
Yeah, fantastic stuff from uh, Guernsey's Walking Footballers. Uh, congratulations to them. Um, we'll have more in the paper um, this week, so keep an eye out for that. Um, and just a uh, final look at Jersey, because uh, Jersey Bulls um, looks like their promotion bid is, is all but over now. They were beaten by Rains Park Vale, the league leaders at Springfield. Um, they've got five games to go. They've got to go to Rains Park as well as uh, amongst those five. Um, they're some way behind um, the top of the table and now um, six points behind second place, which is a playoff, um, having played two games more. So, um, yeah, it doesn't, uh, doesn't look hugely positive as far as promotion is concerned for the Bulls. Speaking of league leaders, um, it's a very big game for JFC this weekend, Gareth. Um, Walton and Hersham come to Footslane on Saturday for a two o'clock kickoff. Fair to say one of the sides that have really stood out in this division and uh, will pose a, a serious test um, to GFC on Saturday. Well, I certainly think it's fair to say they're in form. <laughs> they've, sort of, they've, been chasing, um, they've been chasing down Basingstoke Town for quite a while at the top of the table and they finally overtook them at the weekend. I think they've gone on a, an amazing run of 14 wins on the trot or something like that. And, um, and they even had uh, one of their strikers on Sky Sports last week because he'd scored four hat-tricks on the trot. I mean, that's an outstanding record at any level. So, um, yeah, it'd be a heck of a scout for the Green Lions if they could manage to turn over the, the league leaders. But um, you'd imagine uh, Wharton and Hersham are on quite a high at the moment. Yeah, Eddie Simon, uh, unsurprisingly, top of the goal-scoring charts in the Isthmian South Central with 34. Yeah, the Green Lions lost 6-0 at Wharton and Hersham when they were in that really tough spell um, at the sort of turn of the year um, back in December. I mean, it's quite amazing, actually. Just looking on the stats there. Uh, that game attracted 210 spectators. I think Walton Hersham broke their attendance record in their last game against Basin Soak up to 1,600. So mm. um, clearly gathering a bit of momentum there. Well, yeah, I, I imagine there would be quite a lot of Basin Soak fans there as well because Basin Soak, sort of aside from GFC, are probably the best supported, I think, in terms of average attendance. They, they get a good crowd at their home games. And it was a top of the table clash um, at Walton and Hersham. An amazing result, really, when you consider how well Basingstoke have been playing this season. To lose 5-1, I mean, I know it was sort of the top two, but to lose 5-1 just shows the sort of form Wharton and Hersham are in. So um, it's not going to be easy. Yeah, only two points between those two at the top. Um, Basingstoke as well coming to... Yeah, I was going to say, we've got two visitors left, haven't we, I think, to go to um, Foots Lane this season in the Isthmian. And they're the top two. It's Wharton and Hersham followed by Basingstoke. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I think that's a great... I think it's a bit of a nothing to lose for GFC. They, they should really sort of enjoy those occasions and try and get as big a crowd there as possible Easter Saturday this weekend hopefully um, there'll be a good crowd there and you never know it'll be a, a great result if we get anything against Walton and Hersham and of course GFC's game away last weekend um, was called off um, against Hamworth Villa so they'll have to fit that one in as well um, the Green Lions away at South Park on Easter Monday will be back Monday, Tuesday or Wednesday with the next football podcast, I think, because um, yeah, we've got that Rovers-Rangers game on Tuesday the 11th. So uh, maybe we'll uh, take in some reaction from that before um, we come back with another football pod. But um, yeah, thanks very much to Rehoy and Son for their support of the show. Um, do give us a follow on social media at GSY Press Sport on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram and make sure to pick up a paper six days a week for the very best local football and sports coverage. Gareth, thanks very much. See you soon. Cheers, Tony. Cheers, Tony.